Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the eastern border. In these few days, I, uh, I've been a bit busy. Two days ago, we had a meeting with uh, the Russian journalists who have been forced to, you know, exile from Russia and come over to Latvia. I don't know other countries. And I spoke with some of them in a meeting, which is interesting because it was in one of those um, kind of beach sports centers. I don't even know how to call this. It's kind of like you'd build an anger and then dump a bunch of sand in the middle of this. It was very awkward, too, because um, because of how it was organized since, you know, a bunch of political journalists standing around drinking their coffees and, and a lot of people smoking their cigarettes. I, I, I use snus. Uh, I love Swedish snus. It's the best thing ever. Keeps me alive. Don't need to smoke. No smoke whatsoever. Amazing stuff. Highly recommend if you're a smoker. Gonna help you quit smoking easily. But, um, but yeah, they were just asking us to, you know, walk around and talk to them. And there were, besides the people from Medusa and other guys who I know for a long time already, some folks from regional newspapers, from Pskov Oblast. That's the Plaskava district uh, for my European friends who might know the district by other names. But, um, but a different situation happened since turns out that I'm, I'm way less Russophobic than the Russians who have come here are. And in the sense that um, they, they had no hopes about Russia even remaining together in one way or another after uh, this whole war thing ends. And I've been I've been talking about this for a long time already, and people are telling me that you know this is never going to happen and all this stuff. But I was reminded of a nice thing from these people who share my opinion, and they're even more vigilant and um, and, and stressing my opinion about how Russia is going to collapse after the end of this war than even I am. And they told me that well, no one expected the Soviet collapse either, which I really didn't know. I mean, by the by eighty six when the Chernobyl eighty seven. When the Chernobyl catastrophe happened, I, I, I honestly thought at that point everyone in the Western society already knew that the USSR's days were numbered. I mean, if you look at it now from, from scientific analysis, then after the casualties of, um, of the Afghanistan war and the tragedy in Chernobyl, it was like zero chance that the USSR would stay together. I mean, I'm sorry, I may be looking, looking at this from the perspective of a modern historian, but I look at the movies and the side guys to the area and the time, and I look at how everything operated. So when someone tells me that USSR collapsed as a surprise, I'm like, no, dude, you're, you're just about an expert. You, you couldn't read the, the thing. You, you just, you're just not a good expert, honestly. Because for anyone with, with any clear vision about what's going to happen and how political processes work, it should have been obvious that the Soviet Union was going to collapse. What do they think? The planned economy, which is failing because gasoline prices are falling and oil prices are falling, is going to, you know, remain there forever? The same is with Russia today. People laugh at me sometimes when I post my views out there. But, um, but yeah, no, no, I, I don't believe it's going to survive. Girkin, by the way, an uh, interesting point of view was like our buddy Girkin, you know, the guy who I'm, uh, I'm going to... Quote later on the show, who's uh, the frenemy of the show, so to speak. A lot of people keep saying that he's he's the next future president of Russia. At the same time, they uh, add to this that if things continue along as they do, since they also don't believe that Girkin is, you know, that he has much time left in this world, so to speak.
But it's all interesting situations, and you know, front's been pretty quiet, besides uh, Ukrainian artillery struck Donbas, and uh, their chief chief prosecutor's office is on fire. Well, it was on fire last time I checked, so, so that was working out. I'm currently, by the way, looking for ways how to get to ChatGPT or, or some other program since I need something that would dig through my um, my videos and everything and just grab me stuff with keywords, certain keywords to watch. But, you know, that, that probably isn't going to happen because I have no idea how to access that stuff. But there's a lot of things that AI could help me with my work. But, however, since the front lines where, like I said, nothing much has happened... Well, Uncle Joe, the other one, the American one, made a surprise visit to Kiev. It was interesting because uh, apparently he arrived to Kiev today as a surprise, a surprise visit as part of his trip to Europe, marking the one-year anniversary of well, this whole invasion thing. He went with Zelensky outside of St. Michael's Cathedral and got a nice photos and everything, and he um, went to the church, Orthodox Church, to pay tribute to the Ukrainian soldiers who have died in the war with Russia. There were air raid sirens while he was there, and the transportation was blocked, uh, basically, by, by the city, since no one really wanted to, wanted to announce anything. Especially since the White House previously specifically denied that Biden had planned to visit Ukraine during this trip. The secrecy is quite much interesting here. Now, of course, of course, uh, all the possible... Russian, Ukrainian channels and everything, you know, they commented on this, and I, I must too, to remain relevant, even to, you know, some point. But in Russian media, a bunch of jokes about how the United President, how the United States president is incompetent, senile, and dumb, sp like spread all around. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, sure, he is old, but I, I kind of don't get this thing. I like. You know, you know me by this point. You know that I have no affiliations to either political party of the United States, and and all that stuff. But I just, I just sometimes don't get how you manage, you you manage to get weird people on the post, because I don't know the whole senility thing. Uh, I'm, I I don't know how smart Biden is. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I just know what the comments are and. You know, him being very old does leave some things, you know, to be desired. Then again, Trump is older than him. But then again, I am also no lover of Trump. So it is what it is. But yeah, Girkin himself, our, our buddy here, posted a, an, a joke about Biden's visit. And um, he says, quote, mm, well, in this, in this political joke, which literally spawned today, Biden meets Zelensky in Kiev. And he, like, stares down at him, because Biden's way taller than Zelensky, by the way. Zelensky's quite short. He's 1 meter 63 feet, uh, 1 meter 63 centimeters. I don't know what what's that in feet. I do not use uh, your weird measurement system. So, you know, go go, go and for once uh, do the conversion yourselves. But, um, well, Biden looks down on Zelensky in this joke and, uh, and asks, Vladimir, why did you attack Ukraine? And Zelensky is like confused. John, 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 it's it's not me. It's it's Vladimir Putin. I'm the другой Vladimir Zelensky. And, and Biden responds, "Oh, well, I know. Sorry, I, I I I mess up you Russians all the time." And Zelensky responds, "John, John, John, John. I'm not a, I'm not a Russian. I'm a Ukrainian Jew." 
and and then Biden responds, "Oh well, you know, sorry once again. I mean, I I mess you up, Russian Jews, all the time." This is another like point of thing because this is spread by pro-war channels, and this once again shows how they don't treat Ukrainians as a separate nation, even how they really focus just on how all of them are Russians. This is important, strategically even, since it shows why, again, that there will be no nuclear war. But right now, well, right now Russia can't really attack, and due to the fact that because of internal conflicts, Wagner Group has been basically cancelled, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, they're not being given any supplies or artillery shells or anything to work with, so their success in the front lines remains, well unexpected so to speak it's it's very bizarre since you know you can't really focus on on these guys because it's not going to happen wagner group's not going to do anything they're stretching themselves thin that's the biggest complaint in all the telegram channels and and ukrainian counterattack will just shatter their front lines that's going to happen any anywhere basically and once again we're stuck doing these political talks since um since again i think that uh this war is going to go on for as long as Putin's in power. You remove Putin, you remove the war. It, this is kind of weird, but um, if, if you don't remove Putin, this war is not going to end. Since as long as Russia is still fighting the war, then they're not. They haven't lost the war. The situation with the mobilized. Well, of course, we have a ton of new protests, a ton of new people saying that they're gonna just, you know continue on the war forever more situations with the fact that money has not been paid paid to the russian soldiers including the wound and all that stuff it's all politics it's just it's just a bit weird in the meantime well also in russia there is a town called novosibirsk well a city it's a large one it has over more than one million people and, you know, and I'll quote this from Medusa. Um, the Legislative Assembly of Russia's Novosibirsk region has passed a law abolishing direct elections for the mayor of Novosibirsk, Russia's third largest city, state media reported on Monday. Under the new law, Novosibirsk's mayor will be appointed by deputies of the city's Legislative Assembly. According to the local news outlet Taiga.info, the deputies will select from a pool of candidates chosen by a committee that will consist partly of people chosen by Novosibirsk's governor. The changes will presumably come into effect after the current Novosibirsk governor's term ends in September 2024. Until now, Novosibirsk was one of the only three Russian cities with populations of more than one million people where residents could elect their mayor directly. After the new law was passed, of course, some residents protested outside the Legislative Assembly building with picket signs. All of them were soon arrested. Some of them were also beaten up. Because, well, it is what it is. You gotta have the beatings and everything. Democracy dies in Russia and it dies silently. No one really cares about what's happening there. Again, I've been reading all sorts of reports and advices and everything, and everyone just, you know, for some reason wants to make peace with Putin. He has nuclear weapons! Who cares? Kim from the North Korea has nuclear weapons. Why aren't you like advising peace to him? 
hey, let's give Hawaii to, to North Korea. Maybe then they'll give up their nuclear weapons. How about that? This just irritates me to no end. I mean, as I'm trying to cover this war situation, the whole position of, of the people who are like ultra, oh no, let's surrender Ukrainian territory and give Putin what he wants because we are so afraid of Putin. I hate those fuckers. Just hate them personally. What is this with you people? Why do you want to make peace when there is victory in sight? Do you not understand the meaning of honor? Does honor mean nothing to you? Well, I guess so. I mean, you are capitalists after all. But there are some things which are more important than money. And even when it comes to money, this would be just more beneficial to, to everyone. This is just stupid. How about everyone just give weapons to Ukraine so that Ukraine wins the war, we depose Putin and Russia shatters in a million pieces and everyone lives in peace? Because that would be the best thing for the Western world ever. Let's make that happen. What's not hard to understand about? Like, why, why is this? I, I, I mean, I've, I have prepared a thing which I want to air soon when I was like looking through the whole text, the whole Nazi text from Wagner Group. I've, I have some recordings. I'm trying to transcribe them right now. And there's a bunch of texts about how, you know, um, how Wagner Group soldiers literally practiced on, on, on animals. You know, they slaughtered kittens and dogs before, you know, going to kill humans just to practice on them. That's fun. They're totally good people, obviously, right? How can you, how can you not want victory against these people? And look, if, if you're saying human suffering, then hell, even people in Ukraine understand that there are some things that stand way above the standard level of humanity. There is something bigger than your human suffering. And if people in Ukraine say that they're ready to fight this war until they win it, then that means, well, obviously, that they're ready to take some losses while they do it. If they're ready for it, then why, are, why, why is the so-called Western imperialist colonialist not ready to, to accept their own you know, part and win the war? I mean, well... This, this kind of gives point to the old right, if you think about it, since they complain about the degeneracy of the Western world. And this is what I see it, because, you know, for once, when you're really asked to flex your military muscle to do what's right, and then you don't? No, I, I, I just don't find it believable at all. For once, for once you're called up on the task to do everything that you like, you know, punching other people in the face, winning wars. And now you don't want to, because you're afraid. Well, not you, my listeners, but that was in general, since the Western politicians who are just mumbling about this is just, just bizarre. At any rate, well, Igor Girkin still continues to say that the Russian assault has not even begun. I believe it's over already, you know. It has been done with Ugladar and all these other places. I, I don't think we're going to see any major Russian advances anymore in this war in total. I think that when Ukraine finally musters enough tanks for a counterattack and, and you know, infantry armored fighting vehicles, that's, that's going to be the end of it. Ukraine's going to return to the borders in 1981. Crimea is going to go back to Ukraine. All, all this is going to happen. And then we're just going to stare at Russia where 
either some power-hungry person like Girkin or Kadyrov takes power and turns into the world's largest North Korea, or more likely there's going to be a massive civil war and there's going to be chaos until the end of this decade. And that's what I have accepted. Because really, I, I don't know. You know, you have to break a few eggs to make an omelette. And sometimes, you know, reconstructing the world order sadly means a few wars. At the same time, I've been watching a channel called Adam Something on YouTube. I like this guy, but um, his his takes on, for example, Khrushchev, and how all these communist buildings were nicer, just a bit cringy. But I'm gonna aim at him for an interview if he responds to this whole information. At any rate, the Sudanya Tavishi. And uh, if you like the show, well, please do support us at Patreon, patreon.com slash border, or go to our homepage, easternborder.lv, and, you know, make a one-time donation there. We're still planning our trip, and it's been a mess, and I just want to get back to what I do the best, being on the front lines very soon. It is what it is, and I'm kind of happy that the front, you know, has been, been stabilized, but not easy. I really wish this war to be over, with the Ukrainian victory, of course. But again, it is what it is. And remember, guys, happiness is mandatory. До свидания.